Hi. Hi, Sonia. Hi, David. What's up? We're back. We're back. Are we, though? I don't know. Because last time we were like, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Where, like when, when was last? Did, uh, is it two months again since the last one? I'll look it up. <laughs> welcome to Night Cheese. Hi. Welcome to Night Cheese. Um, I'm Sonia. That's I'm David. David Sims. Um, Night Cheese. We are... August 31st. Ooh, almost two months. Yep. Oh, God. We're really bad at this. That's okay, though, I guess. It means there's plenty to talk about. Right. I guess. Lots to talk about. Well, there's lots to talk about. There's too well, much to talk about. There's too much to talk about. I guess since um, since we last spoke, um, Fall TV happened. And so there's been a lot of keeping up with that and catching up with that. I yeah. feel like I've been busier than usual at work. Yeah, me too. Well, September was hard. Fall TV and then also the elections. Because I think that, and this is a little bit less for you, but you're doing films. Like, I'm... Uh, yeah, I don't do elections. So. I'm often writing about like debate appearances and things like that. Yeah, God. Debates or about it. candidates on talk shows. Yeah. <laughs> what do I write about? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll try to do like I try to do. I try to treat it just like an image, like like the politicians are have their image and they're presenting it, and so it's like, what are they trying to convey? Right. I guess. But we already have podcasted together more recently That's than two true. months ago on because on his on the podcast that he cheated on Night Cheese with, <laughs> which is admittedly a super fun podcast, which is. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's called Revenge of the Podcast right now. It's Griffin and David present. Griffin and David technically, we need a real name. We never yeah. figured one out. Well, I liked the Phantom Podcast well, yeah, so much. But it was just, but it was just for that. Yeah. And then it was Attack of the Podcast, mm-hmm. not Podcast of the Clones. That would have been better. <laughs> we also did a one-off on The Judge called Judge and the Judge. And uh, The Judge, it's a movie. I don't even, yeah. okay. <laughs> Is um, it Star Wars related? No. Okay. It was just, it was a joke we did where we were going to talk about The Judge, mm-hmm. which is like a bad movie from last year with Robert <laughs> Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, about it's this. it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the main, the thing that's funny about The Judge, I've talked about it on multiple podcasts now, is that, uh, you know, it's Robert Downey Jr. comes back to his small town that he grew up in. He meets his old flame, Vera Farmiga, like mm-hmm. they dated in high school. But before then, he's drunk at a bar and he hooks up with Leighton Meester, who's like the barmaid, right? Leighton Meester? Leighton Meester. And then realizes Vera Farmiga is her mother. <gasps> and... <gasps> yeah. No! He's not sure, but he, like he, the whole movie is him trying to figure out... It's like a small subplot in the movie is him trying to figure out, like, did am I your dad? Oh, my God. We now, don't know if he had sex with her, though. I feel like this is a very, like... I feel like a lot of mob movies or, or a lot of like movies, ab- movies, not movies, movies about, about, about bad men or men who might do bad things. You're obviously thinking of a specific movie. No, 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 okay. no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I just think this is sort of a latent anxiety of masculinity or no, something. That is for sure. Of that course. you're well, like, you might be sleeping with either your mother or like, your daughter. Right, like, Oedipal, you know, I mean. Like, yeah, but father daughter isn't that. That's Electra, right? That's the Electra yeah, complex. Yeah, but that was just something he made up because he was told to. Right. And oh, the, really? The thing about Freud, like people were like, the Oedipus complex is sexist because mm-hmm. you're only applying it to uh, 
mm-hmm. you know, men and their mothers. And he was like, okay, well, we've got the Electra complex. So I'll call it Electra because that's another Greek <laughs> character. And it's uh, fathers and daughters. Anyway, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought it was phoned in at the time. I, I, that's reasonable. I mean, what's it, like what's interesting to me about that story is that the in the Electra complex, you sort of think that's a complex that women might have. But in this case, it's sort of like it's the man who well, has the anxiety it's just, about. I mean, to me, I think in the judge, it's just like... Um, you know, it's one of those sort of uh, urban legendy kind of like right. uh, ultimate nightmare things. Like, right. You know, it's it's like you know, yeah, it's just a twisted version of the same riddle of like I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. Right, you know? right, right. Um, um, but I mean, like you know, my my girlfriend teaches Oedipus to her students, and like I mean, Oedipus is about how you can't cheat fate, right? Like that's what it's mm-hmm. like. Don't try to outwit mm-hmm. a prophecy. Don't you know? Like right, that's like the sort of ultimate moral of Oedipus. But um, which is like what all these Greek things are about, right? It's like the god here is like this this you know child will usurp me, so the god's like I must destroy it, but it's never right. going to work out. It's, it's never. Like, it's like Macbeth, or, yeah. You know, right? you know, like that's such a good repeating trope. What is a good strategy for like if you get a if prophecy? A prophecy. <laughs> like, what do you do? You know, like I yeah, mean, because even if you kill yourself, that could be yeah. that could just fulfill. Course, right. You know, so this is, it's a thing in Game of Thrones, right? The prophecy of like. Uh, the one Azor is high or whatever. Yeah, like the one but no one knows him. who Azor is high is well, exactly. Yeah, the problem is like no one knows exactly what he's gonna do. It's just like he will bring light from oh, the dark. Right. Like, again, like lots of people have lots of ideas of. Oh, and Melisandre thinks that Melisandre thinks that he has to kill like Azor as I killed his beloved, so that's why right. Stannis has to kill his daughter Dog. and whatever. And then that didn't work out, obviously, for anyone involved. Yeah, but, yeah anyway. Yeah. So you know where the father sleeping with the daughter thing does come up <laughs> in um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or well, he doesn't sleep with her, right? He doesn't he, he just like make he, a pass at her. He, he makes, makes a big pass at her. That yeah, was such a bad show. I, I think he tried to kiss her. I think it still exists. I think it's going it into renewed. a second season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a show on FX starring Dennis Leary. We're not talk about sex and drugs and rock and roll. I was are just we? going to inform our readers of what it was. <laughs> our listeners, I mean. Um, yeah, I guess we don't. I mean. That wasn't even a fall show, was it? It was a summer show, right? It was. It, was it might quite have a while been. Ago. I was so angry about that show. I was so angry about That's it. Why? It just. I mean, it was bad, but it was so lazy. Yeah. I guess it was so lazy about it. I like Dennis Leary. Me or I, I mean, this is the thing that maybe is. I think that Dennis Leary and probably people who really like Dennis Leary would say that when they hear this, like, you know, bitter, cranky woman, like, say, like, well, I have issues with this, they'd be like, oh, well, you were never going to be into the work anyway. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually feel that. I mean, I really did like Parts of Rescue Me. Mm -hmm. And I think that Dennis Leary has a really, like, strong sense of who his audience is and what he's trying to say to them that can sometimes, that that it it can sometimes, like, approach brilliance, right? So that, whatever. Um... So it's I'm just watching. A bad show. I mean, it's just a bad show. Yeah, but it felt like such a grandpa ranty show. It was, was the so the what the complaining about Lady Gaga made me laugh so and much. The Kardashians like. Well, Lady so Gaga. Who's complaining about Lady Gaga like oh, now in 2015? Uh, like lots of people. That's the thing. What? No one was complaining about Lady Gaga for years, and then American Horror Story Hotel <laughs> arrived, and I feel like I mean no one's really complaining about Lady. But, Gaga. but I'm this just was also no 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 yeah right okay being cute you know. I mean, she's in the news again, at least. She's in the. I know, but doing. Ugh, okay, whatever. I don't watch that show. Do you watch that show? I watched well, the premiere. The... Yes, yes. Well, I watched the. I watched the premiere, and I was like, oh my god, um, and it was interesting to see. 
So I am not a fan of that franchise. So it's interesting to for me to see like when people are enthusiastic about it, like what like I pay attention to what they're enthusiastic about. And people really like Lady Gaga in American sure. Horror Story. Um, because I think she is like the embodiment of like total costume drama, like theatricality that right. um that that American horror story is kind of all about. I think that like Max Greenfield is like not so much that, and maybe that's why this scene with him was like more astonishing. Did you did you watch? No, the but isn't it because he was like violently murdered and raped? Like yes, in this horrible of scene. Of course, <laughs> like, but I but I think there's also I mean because her because her scene, you know what happens in her scene? It's yeah, sure. Her and Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer is like her I don't know like minion or something, and they like find this couple at like some sort of outdoor park and then bring them back and. First have an orgy and then kill them. Well, kill them during orgy, mid-orgy, mid-literal yeah, yeah, coitus know, for yeah. both of them. Um, and, pe- and like, that's just as... I mean, in some ways, that's just as violent as the, as you know, the uh-huh. whatever. Um, but it did have this kind of, like... There, there was this sense of, like... There was a campiness to it. Maybe because there was just, like, blood everywhere and, like, I don't know. Um... I didn't particularly enjoy it, but again, that was what. And I guess with the with the scene of the the demon addiction raping uh, Max Greenfield to death, um, it there just wasn't really any subtext or (laughs) text or anything. I mean, the first one opened with, uh, you know, the first series opens with like uh, the rubber suit, yeah, the rubber suit man raping um, Connie Connie Britton. But it's um, I know, I know, it's not. Right. Like there, there's a little bit more subtlety to it, although it is rape. But yeah. Well, it, whatever. I'm not, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think these. I actually like the first season a lot, but not because of that, but just because it actually seemed to come to a head that felt like. It felt like there was planned. a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the second one was a lot of fun, Asylum. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just obvious that he, Ryan Murphy, either doesn't have the time to think these things out mm-hmm. like as thoroughly or he just decided or thought like oh what people like is like really random right. shit like really like over the top costuming and horror and blood and like you get a bunch of actors who are good and you kind of just tell them like go wild mm. you know do some great stuff and because uh, I watched an episode of Hotel when I was in my hotel in Washington because <laughs> you know when you're in like a hotel room like Suddenly, TV is more like you know. It's you like you're watch what's it's on TV. Your, compum- your company, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched an episode, and it was stupid. And <laughs> I was just like, didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's bad, and I think it's bad, and I think uh, Ryan Murphy's bad, and he sucks. He's stupid. <laughs> He's that bad, was a really strong person. Good, good don't a, like him. Good, good, don't Even like. Even though him. I loved Popular and. I did like the first season of Glee, although I was also like, this thing is already falling apart. You know, like Glee was... It's ambitious. It's not like you watch Glee and thought like, this will run for years. Like, this, right. is, this is such a solid formula. Like, if anything, here. If anything, you're watching Glee going, when is this going to fall apart? Yeah. But in a really, I mean, I really enjoyed, especially the first half of the first season of Glee, because you're watching it, you're just like, so many things are happening. Yeah. So many of these things are going to fall apart in such an unsatisfying way. Like the, the always the thing with the fake pregnancy well, was yeah. never going well, to go anywhere. But it was such. But it was so compelling at the I time. Did, like no, at the time, I did not find that. Oh, I was like, oh I my god, she's faking it. Yeah. 
I think also maybe, I mean that her. She left Friday Night Lights to go do that. It sucked. Did what's her name? Jessalyn Gilsick. Jessalyn Gilsick. She's right. in Nip Tuck too. She's like one of his his people. Peeps. Yeah. Although is she in the American Horrors? Maybe. Not. I don't think so. I don't think she's been in the the horrors as we call them. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about him. I know that. Uh, I know that. Like campy horror. I mean, this might dovetail into Crimson Peak, actually, David. Because so, so right. And I want. I, I sort of want to see it. And oh, I also have an a little bit of a block when it comes to. She's in Vikings now. Oh yeah, she is in Vikings. So there you go. That's, yeah. Good for her. I probably recognized her and yeah, sure. I mean, she's her. Not- yeah, uh, like distinctive looking person. She's like a nice, uh, you know, thirty something blonde lady. Oh, she's in her forties now. I was gonna say she's got to be in her forties. Oh, she was a nice thirty something <laughs> blonde lady. Now she's a nice forty something blonde lady. All right, thank you, David. <gasps> um, because I feel like I, I, I guess I just have some trouble getting into horror as yeah, comedy. It's not really a horror. It's not a comedy either. Yeah, but isn't it? But people, people are talking about Crimson Peak like it is like the funniest movie ever made. It is funny, and you do <laughs> laugh, but I mean, like, you know, it's 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 a pastiche or whatever, you know, it's like, you laugh because it's just so ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's very, I mean, he keeps talking about it, like, it's a gothic romance, like, it's like a, it's like a Bronte mm-hmm. knockoff, like, just dialed up with, like, ghosts. Okay. But I mean, the thing is funny is, like, it's set in this haunted house that's just the most haunted house, like, it's the joke I made. <laughs> in my review it was just like it's like the so hauntedest house it's full of ghosts so it's got like eight ghosts there's like a baby ghost there's like an old lady ghost there's a bunch of like murdered people ghosts you know like there's a lot of different ghosts are they like related to each other i mean yes they all died in the house under various circumstances anyway, mm. like you know so she keeps running into ghosts but it's always like a new guy like who's which one's this one now, you know? <laughs> and they all have their specific you know this one walks down this hallway and points over there or whatever you know right so you've got these ghosts who are these weird sort of bloody ghosts mm-hmm. uh his weird sort of prosthetic creations mm-hmm. uh then the house is supposedly built on like a clay mine like a red clay mine and it's like sinking into it oh, so the walls bleed peak. red uh, wow like there's clay seeping through wow. the walls and through the pipes so if you run the water it like spurts out like red whoa first, and then okay it, like, that's hilarious so okay that's funny <laughs> and then there's like a hole in the ceiling because the house is falling apart uh-huh so there's like leaves and snow and like the house is always groaning and creaking wait so why do people live here because they're stuck there like the idea you know they're like broke uh lords you know it's like oh. uh, tom hilson and Je- jenna jessica chastain are like these like broke heirs to this like crumbling are mansion. they siblings yeah oh and then he marries mia wazakowska oh and brings her to crimson peak she's like an american heiress oh. like her dad played by jim beaver in a great performance oh, i believe really it good, i believe it uh is like this industrialist and so yeah she's mm-hmm. like you know so they i mean like everything is predictable. Like you're like, uh Oh, she's like getting married for her money. And like, right. uh Oh, these two are plotting something. And like, there's something, you know, yeah. You like, it's not like anything in the movie. You're like, Oh my God, i never saw this coming. But, uh, it's just so sumptuous and everyone is just like, so dialed up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I, it is like, it's bloody and like, su- it has moments of super violence because Guillermo del Toro likes. He, he's very. And like, and I didn't see it coming. And every time something like fucked up happened, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. 
yeah. yeah like ooh, that's 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 gonna hurt <laughs> so yeah Guillermo del Toro is because like Pan's Labyrinth like mm. I watched I that movie seen that since it came out oh I wonder if it I've only up. seen it once mm-hmm. too but it was because I was so like up moved by it. like so yeah, upset sure, sure. by it it's such a I mean, I like cried. I it's pretty. It, it's, it's a like, good movie. It's, it's pretty rare for me to like. Yeah, to cry. Really non, like, cry. Movie that's trying to make you cry. Right, right, right. And I'm like, I'm sitting there with. I'm watching on my laptop. This is actually a really funny like story. I guess so. It's speaking of like my history of critique. Um, I read. I watched this movie in college. Um, for a class that I eventually dropped because I decided in my 22-year-old arrogance that it had nothing to teach me, uh, which was called The Common Critic. It was about how to be a critic. <laughs> I, uh, I am the biggest jackass on the planet. What a silly class, though. Well, Was it good? Well, what a funny class. I, silly, it's a, it's a funny notion for a class, for sure. Um, yeah. It was taught by Richard Eater, who um, was, used to write for The New York Times. Uh-huh. But he, at that point in time was like you know he'd sort of been like gently pushed yeah, out the sure. door so he was doing <laughs> the New York Times. well and he really really wanted to keep writing things and i think he still did write things for perhaps the globe like he had like some like yeah sure he'd just he like send them something every yeah. two weeks or something because he just could not stop writing one of those um which will be both of us i'm sure at some point <laughs> Like posting God, on like huffpo.com slash Snapchat slash Anyway, so he taught this class and he was great and, and smart and funny and like very rambly and he, you know, really worshipped Pauline Kael and like we read a lot of great criticism and whatever. Right. I was in this class for three weeks. Um, what I didn't like is that it was a workshop. And so I would bring, we'd bring in pieces of critique and then like the other people in the class would tell you how they felt about it. And I was like, I don't care how any of you feel about it. I think you're all morons. But anyway, yeah. so the last assignment I did for that class was I watched, um, th- th- this tells you a lot about me and my approach to criticism, I think. But anyway, last assignment I did for that class was, um, was I watched Pan's Labyrinth and I wrote this review and I sent it to him even. And then I said, and then I sent him another email. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to drop the class. Like, I just don't think it's working out, whatever. Mm. Um, and he was like, but your review was so beautiful. And oh. I was like, well, I was really moved by that, you know, by that film. But also you people have nothing for me. And like stormed out the door in a dramatic <laughs> twist of online hair. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't drop classes in England. <laughs> it's a weird thing about American college. It's like well, you can just drop a class. And my school in particular had a very late drop day. Man. Yeah. Well, fuck you. No requirements. Like, some of us bowl. didn't. We had some requirements. Some of us didn't go to school in England, okay? Yeah, in England, like, dropping a class, you would, you know, it would have to be, like, you really fuck, like, something's bad. Something mm-hmm. bad is happening. And it's like, okay, okay. So how did you decide which classes to take? You just decided. What do you mean? Like you looked in the book and then you picked the classes that look good. Were there like, um, were there, did, did other students from previous years give you like some sense of what? No, not really. Oh my God. I mean, I guess you would hear word of mouth like, oh, this is a great professor. Or whatever. I mean, maybe, but I mostly just picked my classes based on, you could talk to your professors, I'm sure. And like, and I had like an advisor. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could have asked her like. How is advising in England? Non-existent. Yeah, I know. I mean, she existed for me if I was in a crisis. Like, that's what she was there for. You know, she existed for me if, like, I don't know, there Mm -hmm. was some problem. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, like, Nilam Srivastava. 
Sounds nice. Yeah, she was um, cool. So she taught like post-colonial lit and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that one of the reasons that I just said her name, but whatever, she's a fucking public. Yeah, she probably oh, still I'm, teaches at Newcastle. Never I'm sure that up. she will not be offended by you saying that she teaches post-colonial. I'm sure, she doesn't remember me. I'm sure I talked to her twice. Like, <laughs> you had to go to your advisor to get like you had to get a form signed or something. Yeah, yeah. and to like get your grades one time, but that was like it. I mean. You have the same advisor. She's still at Newcastle. Good four for years, yeah. three years. She's got a tenure, yo. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome, Elam. Can we move on? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, He's like staring at his phone, like no, <laughs> rediscovering. Professor Neelam. Once in a while, I feel like I should email like one of my old professors who loved me. <laughs> he did. I mean, he loved me, and like he was. Oh, like, I thought you. There was like a just like any of my old. No, no, no. There's this one like guy who loved me, and like uh-huh. just say like, "Hey, like this is what I do now." Because like I would run into him once in a while in London because he actually lived in London, and he would be like, "Are you like you know, a critic? Or you, did you figure? You know, like he was, yeah, he was, like, you should invested. tell him." Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, why not? Why no, don't no, you? No, I'm happy to. I just, I, of course, these things never occur to you. Like you never remember <laughs> to do these things, right? Like it's okay. like. Yeah, I guess that's right, true. You know, like, I guess I just spend a lot of time in front of my computer and then I think about all the people I could email and then I email all of them. Oh, I never email them. <laughs> I never... Yeah, I, never. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, well, the thing was at Brown is that um, there was this really strong sense of like students taking charge of their education and they sort of knew, even though the university did have this imperative for advising, they sort of knew that the university wasn't really going to advise you so the amount of like resources that one had for court it it was sort of absurd um and actually a bunch of the cs students that i knew the computer science students actually made an online course catalog before the university did and like have links to like where you could buy the textbooks and everything because there was this really strong i mean there's like this man. student driven it's not I, I don't think it's everywhere in america well, but there was this know. strong sense of like you can't waste your time it's an expensive education right. so it's like you know you get to shop classes you, there's a really long ad drop period yeah, yeah. um my education costs a thousand pounds a year yeah go fuck yourself yeah. is what i'm trying to say yeah and so there was a book yeah <laughs> there's the book and i was like milton i want to do milton okay so that's one you know like it would just like go through and be like what looks good yeah that must be whatever um we um as i was telling david earlier uh we ran into some italians who live in france last night are we ever going to talk about tv <laughs> I'm just we will at some point okay. no but it's go on wow go on. The cruelty. We're on because we went from Crimson Peak to Pan's Labyrinth to our respective college experiences. Like we're so off track. Oh, fine. <gasps> we're just so comfortable. We're podcasting in David's room, which we don't always. Pod- we, I've never been in here before, which he doesn't believe me. But there's a couch. I and- sworn we had podcasted in here once before. That was the only thing. I feel yeah, like it's not. Griffin, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. We podcast in my room before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With I my know. cat. Okay. Oh, I know. Anyway, um. But wait, well, now I'd have lost. Crimson oh. Peak, though, like, like I do want to like. I wanted to tell sure. this thing because it was funny, just like really fast. Because we were talking about tuition, he's so mad. We were just like, it was just this. It became this cold war of who had the most government services between the Italians oh, yeah. and the French, and it was France won, yeah. as it turned out. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yes, let's oh, talk about Crimson Peak. Yeah, well, well, yeah. What was your question about Crimson Peak? Because you haven't seen it. So My is question it- is, what is the appeal of campy horror? Oh, I mean, 
it's like um you know you like to be scared mm-hmm. because i mean i think this is how people feel like because it's this sort of thrilling endorphiny kind of like whoa you know but then i think a lot of people don't like horror movies that aim to just have you experience the feeling of being stalked and killed or whatever right like they need the horror movie to then be like don't worry like yeah this is artifice and like this is based in like tropes you recognize don't worry like it's okay like you know you know it's the same as like why do people like to watch action movies like people don't like to go around <laughs> shooting people or whatever you know? well they clearly do but no they don't like i think that argument is so ridiculous <laughs> like i think i really do like i think the argument that people who go around shooting people do it because they saw a movie about it is oh absurd. not because they saw a movie about this it but I'm saying, clearly though, that like, people want to shoot people is yeah, what i'm I saying love, I, I'm talking about, like, art's relation to... Okay, like, all right. Okay, I'm listening. And, like, listening. you know, same with heart. Like, nobody wants to be attacked by a murderer, right? Like, no one, no one's going out there I being believe like, so. I want to have that experience. So why right. would you watch a movie about someone who's having that experience? I don't know, because you like to be thrilled and, like, you know, right? You like to yeah. feel like... You're alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, right? So, I mean, but then, yeah, but then you kind of need it to be... To relax to have a distance, to right? Yeah. And like, I mean, Crimson Peak is uh, such a silly movie. I mean, it's about I, ghosts. It's about right. big puffy costumes. It's about a crazy old house. You know, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's silly. There are some movies that are more scary and less silly, but even they usually have something, right? They have like, yeah, notes that remind you, like it's a movie, like where a cat will jump out, and, and right, then you're right. like, oh, you know, this <laughs> is no big deal. Like, you know. <laughs> well. Maybe that's the thing is I've never really wanted to be scared. There are definitely people who do not want who this want experience. that. Yeah. You know, I was the you did you watch the Halloween Bob's Burgers episode? No. Oh my god, the most recent one. It's so good. Yeah, I need to catch up it's on Bob's Burgers. So good. It's weird because the first thing we ever talked about on this podcast is Bob's Burgers. I don't even remember that. I don't really think about on the our, old one. On I, the old one. Oh, on the old one. Yeah. Oh, because I had just started watching it, probably. And uh, it's funny just because I'm I'm behind on like I I need to watch like half a season of Bob's Burgers. You know, I'm like way behind. Oh, on. stop it. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, well, you know, the, like, the nice thing the about thing, Bob's it's Burgers is going to be good, right? It's so it's so reliably good. Yeah. It's a nice thing to have banked up. Um, uh, I'm going to tell the the premise of this past episode just because I think you will. Sure. It, it yeah. ties in, which is that um, L- Louise. Um, has never been scared. Okay. Because right. no nothing yeah, can scare. It's a good scare, premise. I mean, nothing I like can it scare already, her. Right. And uh, without I mean Linda and Bob are like, okay, we're going to take you to a haunted house. Sure, so we're going to yeah. like we're going to set it up and then it, it what you sort of find out is that there's this there's a big thing that happens. It, it's it's right. really it's great. It's like one of the best. It's such a great Louise episode yeah, because Louise. even though even though everyone's in it because one of the one of the fundamental things about Louise is she's both like, you know, maniacally sadistic, right. but also um, really devoted to her family. Right. And so you get these like these two sides of her, and it's so sweet. And and yeah, like she uh, she like wants to be scared, right. but like no one's ever succeeded it. And that I'm always like, what is that like? And I really identify with Louise, so I was thinking about that afterwards, like in a family dynamic. Yeah, way. No, I know. I mean, yeah. and I'll have people talk to me and say like, I just couldn't watch a horror movie because I don't want to feel right. that way. Yeah. But like I definitely used to feel that way when I was younger, right? You know, when you're more scared of things. And I was like always a little timid about horror movies. But then you I mean, I think like, you know, the more you watch like Yeah. The your appreciation for these things changes anyway, right? I mean, like, I still watch a movie like Prince and Peak, which is not 
that mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. It's a little intense, but like I would rate it pretty mild on the like sure, sure, sure. horror movie scale. And I still like, watch it with like kind of like <laughs> my fingers in my ears in case there's a loud bang. You know, like I just I'm a bit of a baby. Oh well, I I mean I I had like nightmares about like the Sixth Sense and the Blair Witch Project. Those are and scary movies. Those they are they are even well, though they're less intense or violent than some like those are really especially the Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project is so fucking scary. And I remember at the time there were all these people who were like, oh, I never found it scary. Yeah, of course like, people. Well, they, I mean, it, it did suffer from the most like abominably crazy hype. The hype. Know? So right. obviously, yeah. But I mean, that movie to me, I think that movie is like a masterpiece. I think I think it's brilliant yeah the framing of it the the fact it's that so it good. starts with the it has that kind of like that fargo thing of like this is a true story like yeah, it has yeah, yeah. that yeah. yeah it's it's a great yeah i was terrified so fargo, fargo. i don't like it yeah okay yeah oh yeah, we talked about a tv show it's we're weird. gonna talk about just, a tv like, show i watched the first season and didn't really ever get into it although i like admired it's like same aesthetic same you know I, I, and his performances, yeah, but, and I love Billy Bob. Yeah, and ugh, I was so frustrated with the first season. Anyway, go on. I'm and gonna so, use. I'm gonna use some of your pajamas as a yeah, pillow. <laughs> and then, then people are like, "There's no pillow." Whatever. And then people are like, <laughs> "Whatever." People were like so crazy about the second season. They loved it, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And so I was like, okay, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a new, it's a whole new story. I don't even need to really remember. The you first don't, season. yeah. So I'll watch this, and I just can't stand it. I hate it. Uh, you a hate it more bit. than the first season? Maybe yes and no, because like on the one hand, the first season was more obviously like doing a Coen Brothers thing, which made was, me so angry, and I couldn't deal with that. Right? Me too. And this isn't. Mm-hmm. But the way they talk drives me crazy. So let's talk about that. What do you mean the like, way they the, talk? Like the dialogue is so, and I love this sometimes. So, so the accent. No, the, not the accent. Okay, the all right, okay. Because um, the, ac- the accent troubles me, but we can get to that in a second. Tell me about me. the it's dialogue. Hacky, maybe I would say. You know, it's a been done. You know, whatever. It's it's like a, that's why they're all here. Like yeah, they all wanted to try like, on their Minnesota the whole accents. Bit of like, oh, listen to these people with this sort of sweet sing sing song accent, like mm-hmm. threaten each other and murder right, each other. Right, right. Like, yeah, the Coen that's, Brothers hit on that's that. That's literally the conceit of a 1996 movie. Like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, is like just the way they talk to you, just the dialogue, you mm-hmm. know, where every sentence is a little poem. Mm. And it just, like, sometimes I'm fine with that, but it just didn't, it, like, it felt like it was trying too hard to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't so like Fargo. I've only seen the first episode of the second season. Me too. But I really did like that first episode. You should watch more. I, I No, I mean, I will. I just haven't yet because I guess the salon readers don't really like the show. So I'm kind of, like, going to be watching it after the fact huh. from here on out. Why don't they like it? Huh? Why, why are they not like? Probably because they are like you. I don't know. <laughs> but people like Fargo. It's popular. People, people, like. people like. Does it get good ratings? I don't. I mean, I just know it gets good reviews. Oh, it, it it won awards and stuff. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm. I. It's so weird for me to be in, in the on the side of people who like the second season, given how much I disliked the first season and felt like I was hearing constantly from so many people how much they liked it. Like I like would ye- like yell at people, like in like in the not yell at people, but like I would you know if if someone who I knew outside of television would sort of say like oh like hey like have you seen Fargo? I like really like it. I would be like what like why like tell me everything like what do you what do you mean you like it you have to go into this further because i had this sort of sense that like 
it was sort of pitched at critics too. Like I had sure, this, yeah. yeah. And I, and I, and I was so I was trying to figure out what that was. Well, I think um, people are also impressed, as I was impressed by the first season, because it sounded like such a stupid idea. But then, like you're, you, you watched it, and you're like, oh wow, they like have a whole thing that they're doing, and like, yeah, I agree with your face that you're making, but like, <laughs> you know, it was certainly could have been worse. Um, no, it could have been worse. It really could no, have been. no, no. I, like, I'm not doubting that at all. I mean, the craziest thing is they made a Fargo pilot mm-hmm. way back in the day. Oh, right, and it was terrible. so famous. No, it's not terrible. It's really good with oh. Edie Falco, and um, but that was just the continued adventures of Marge Gunderson. Like that was the Fargo pilot that they cool. were going to put on TV. Yeah, and it didn't get picked up for reasons. But it's good. It's a good pilot. Like That's it's too a fun bad. show. Yeah. Well, who cares? You know, probably would have been bad too eventually. Like. Like everything. Um, that's sad. Uh, that's years and years ago. Like That's before The Surprise. I remember, yeah. right, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess... So the, the reason I liked the second season is that I felt like first it was more thoughtful about some things and also it was just less derivative. So I was sort of able to be like, okay, like we're yeah. in this world. Yeah. And and the care about the characters. the the, the yeah. good and evil thing. See, I really liked. I, li- I really liked. Well, it, well, and that's why in the second season, I feel like they really they really distanced right. themselves yeah, on it. Like the, the first, first season, season was so shitty about it, to be honest. Yeah. Oh my god! This is what the monologuing and stuff like. That's not what the Coen brothers do, and like I yeah. I, and they're not a moral. Uh, whatever, I give up. I, I don't know why I am. I don't even know what I'm trying to articulate here. I no, it's like fr- it. it's frustrating. I I know what you mean, oh. which is just that like, Go ahead. Go it, ahead. It, there's there's just it's this thing that you love, and then they're sort of like we're gonna we're gonna add to it with this other thing that capitalizes on the thing that you love, yeah. but isn't really the thing that you love. Yeah. And that is it. It's it's um it's difficult to stomach. Like there's a way in which it's just difficult to handle, like as a human being. Um and sometimes I'm into the whole which the Cone brothers can be masters of, like, hey look, it's another actor you recognize. Like, <laughs> ooh, look at this one. Look at this one now. They keep popping up. But they are and the first season really did that. <sighs> or like you'd be three episodes in and they'd introduce a new character. Oliver like, Platt. Yeah. Oliver Platt. Yeah. And, um, what did you think in the first season about them finding the money? I thought that was smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I thought that was a cool way to, like, I would not have been as into it if it had been in the first episode. Yeah. But I liked the idea of it as a twist where it's mm-hmm. like, but I also, I wanted to talk about something else. Okay. Unless you still want to talk about horror. Because mm-hmm. I'm back on the old topic. Okay. About horror. Okay. Because I've been playing this video game. Okay. Called Alien Isolation, which is not a new game. I think it came out last year. Okay. Oh, um, it looks scary. It's yes, in the Alien it's franchise. It's very scary. It's an alien game. Okay. It's inspired by, have you ever seen an alien movie? Hang on, I'm reading it. No, sure. No, I actually haven't because of the horror. Yeah, because right. I've heard so movie. much about scary it. Movie. Why do you need it back? Okay. The first movie, no, I don't know. Okay. Um, the first movie, it's ba- so this movie is like entirely inspired by the first movie. Okay. Which is, you know, Sigourney Weaver and a few other people on a spaceship with one alien like stalking them. Ah. You know, like the second movie, the James Cameron movie, there's lots of aliens. Yeah, right. Space Marines and they shoot guns and stuff, you know. Yeah. Which is also good. It's just like an action movie. This is like right. a horror movie. Right, right, yeah. So this game, you are one person kind of navigating around this space station that has an alien on board and other threats. There are people... You know, there are these, like, robots, you know, who have gone mad and stuff. But, like, the main thing is, like, there's an alien in the game. You can't kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, do not try to challenge the alien. Okay. Like, if the alien is around, you hide. 
and you try to let it go away. Oh my god! And it's scary. It's like a nerve shredding game. Wow! And I, will be, I was playing it yesterday, and then like snapping at people because like I think it really does kind of like wow. You know, and I don't do this because I don't have like the equipment or the patience. But you can even hook up a camera. And a microphone to your controller. And so, like, if you make noise, your character will make <gasps> noise. And if you, like, jerk your head around, you can, like, lean around corners. So, like, it's an interesting <laughs> idea, right? To, like, like say, you know, horror movies are scary already, right? Because you're yeah. kind of being put in the perspective of a character who's scared. So here it's, like, like let's let's see. Can we take that, like, a virtual reality step forward where it's, like, you are yeah. being stalked. And, like, you are the scared one. And you have to, you know, it's a cool idea. It's a There's, good game. I recommend it. It's on the PlayStation 4. Disney has a uh, one of their like, I think they it might actually be like an alien, like that film exhibit uh, or not exhibit, like a like a thing. Disney? Um, yeah. Did they own no. this now? It's Fox. Then it's some other alien okay. thing. They were you. It's one of those things where like there's it's like the feelies in Brave New World, like yeah. where you go, you're in a the theater, yeah, but they right, like do VR things to thing. you. Right. And um I I was with a group of friends and I ended up not going because my other friend had been once before and it was so terrifying that she like refused to go back. Wait, wait where in. was this? Where was this? It's in like Tomorrowland in Disney World oh, or something. Okay. Like okay. and it's it's like like they were describing Is it, like it to me. Jumpy, and it, like a haunted house kind of thing? No, you sit and it's like I think it's in a round and you're looking at the it, it's either a stage or there's something in the middle and I think the idea is they have like a preserved alien or something but then like all the lights go out and then you open up the alien's gone and the alien's somewhere in the building and they have this stuff which I, you probably don't know if you're going in for the first time where it like blows um, like alien spit at you or something and like pinches you and you're like apparently like as and admittedly, yeah, I like, sign up for <laughs> I mean, admittedly, like, uh, my friend at the time was like, she was very hard line about something. So take it with a little bit of grain of salt. But she was like, I refuse to go to that, even though she knew Here's everything thing, that was going to yeah, happen. I was going to say, if you've done it once, mm -hmm. it probably isn't so bad. I mean, it's sort of the same thing of like, if you watch a bunch of horror movies, then like the subsequent movies are probably not going to freak you out as much. Right. No. And like, I think that's why when there's a good horror movie that's unique horror fans really freak out because they're like, ooh, this actually got to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like they see most things and they're like, yep, all right, well, you know, there he comes. Oh, oh he killed her. You know, whatever. I don't know, you know. I just think it's, I think it's just an interesting part of our humanity that we like being scared. Like even... Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Oh, because even if I... Oh, or that we maybe... We look to cinema for feeling anything bad because even if I don't watch horror movies, I watch so many sad movies, you watch right? Sad right? Movies, or sad movies shows. About people with diseases. All right, of course. You watch movies about people breaking up with people. Of course. You watch movies about obviously like you know not horror movies but like movies about hostage situations mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. like what's another room oh, God. Which, that was rough like i no i'm like a, i mean uh, and I, I intend to but yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, like afraid good. to yeah as i was afraid to read the book because that particular yeah. scenario haunts me I know, like i, I mean how could it not but no, I mean the thing. I have researched so many of these stories, you know, like about, yeah, I know me too. I mean, that's one of those. It's thing that we do. We go down these Wikipedia holes now, you oh know, where God, it's like yes. you read like about a serial killer, and then like Ugh. there's like list of serial killers, and you're like, ooh, let me read these, you know, for some fucking reason. Why am I doing this? Well, after Ariel, after like the Ariel Castro stuff, I was walking around my neighborhood in Chicago and just thinking about how 
there were so many locked basements that I was walking by and I have no idea what's going on. In well, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like just not to be, I mean, obviously, but that's exactly what happened with them. They were in these. Uh, no, I know. I know. Oh my God. I can't well, even. I mean, the thing about room's a good movie. It's out now so you can see it. Um, it's about, it's based on a book. Mm. It's not based on By a particular Emma case. Right? Da- Emma Donahue. Emma Donahue, sorry. It's not based on any particular case, but it's based on that mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. occasionally happens and freaks everyone out, obviously, where like a person, a man, mm. always, always a man, has locked a woman in a shed or, or a, basement. a basement or like a hidden section of their house or something. And, like, maybe father children with them. And there's, like, fucking foundling children, basically, in this, you know. Anyway, so it's a, it's a book. It's, I mean, it's a movie. It's, like, uh, Brie Larson is this woman who's been kidnapped. And she has one kid. And they're stuck in this room. And she's, like, trying to make it, like, a normal experience for the kid as much as she can. And I saw a screening of it really early. After Sundance, though. It was a big hit at Sundance. Or... One of, one of the festivals. Tiff, maybe. Yeah, TIFF. That was it. Yep. Um, and, like, it's funny because, like, we all knew, I think, that it was going to be this movie, you know? But it was crazy how immediately you're just like, I don't know that I want to deal with this. Yeah. You know, like, horrible things are happening. And, like, the whole audience, you can just feel them, like, gritting their teeth. Ugh. But then it's, like, an emotional roller coaster and all these things happen and you should watch it. And, like... You know, I promise you, you'll feel, you'll, you won't feel like you want to kill yourself at the end of the movie or anything, but like, <laughs> but it's hard to get through. Of I course. mean, definitely that afternoon I was like, yeah, I yeah. saw Todd, in fact, like right after it. Oh, wow. And I think I was like in a weird mood. Uh, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of the, I mean, this just, I mean, it's, it's, it just, I have seen a couple of movies about the Rwandan genocide for a variety of reasons. Um, One is that I did IR in college. And then I think also there was sort of this resurgence of awareness at the time that I was seeing movies like Hotel Rwanda and a few um, like a Sunday in Kigali. Right. And there were like there were like a few movies in a row that sort of um, and like. Yeah, I remember seeing one on a Friday night, and we had like plans to go to a party later yeah, or something. Like, and it was like, yeah, we never want to leave. Hotel Rwanda is a bummer. Hotel Rwanda is really hard, but that wasn't even the worst one I saw. It might be a Sunday in Kigali that I was the worst one I saw, or is it called I mean, something like, else? I mean, w- it's a French, it's a French language movie, okay. a Belgian movie, and you like you at the there was a point where you are forced to watch a woman being raped, and it is horrible. Like it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So Netflix, we should. This is relevant, right? Because Netflix has a new movie, Beast of No Nation. Oh, their right. First movie. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? I, I have it. not. No, I wanted to review and it. It is kind of along those lines, but it's interesting because, like, there is now it is almost a trope, like the kind of African war movie. You mm. know, the modern African war mm. movie. This one's particularly focused on child soldiers, which mm-hmm. is like you know, which its own thing. African country is it about? It's not. Oh. That's the thing about it. It's like almost subscribing to this thing where it's like doesn't tell you what country it is oh weird um and it doesn't tell you exactly what the conflict is which makes sense in some ways because it's like this is about a kid who lives in a village and gets like yeah basically abducted into a child soldier right thing so it's like he probably wouldn't have a huge amount of context right you know because it's more about how idris elba's character the commandant like you know kind of indoctrinates them and is like this father figure to them and you know Yeah, yeah yeah um but it's uh, at the same time, you do kind of feel like, oh, here we go. Here's the scene where they like light a village on fire, and here's the scene where they like 
shoot some guy and here's <sighs> a scene where you know like you know no and you are kind of like maybe just as a self-defense thing you're like well you know i've seen this before yeah. like this is almost going through the motions and i do think like carrie fukunaga who directed it and wrote it like I've seen him pushing back in interviews like this isn't just like an Africa movie like that's not what I was trying to do like I'm making a movie about this experience like right. this particular kind of experience right. based on a book but uh, yeah I do think we kind of locked down just to kind of deal with yeah the horrible things we're seeing it's a, hor- it's a good movie it's okay it's weird that it's on Netflix it is well it's it, the last uh, thing that should be on Netflix it's, it's also the got a should, theatrical release it right? did but very yeah. brief and uh, really just for an Oscar run like got it okay. kind of like you know to help I think Netflix's like legitimacy you right. know as this like it's not really something movie. you want to queue up on Netflix though like this when you're at home thing. yeah it should be even though I don't think it's the best movie it's it's like fine and like it's the kind of thing you want to be locked in a room with right like, if you're watching it on TV the impact is less and then if you can pause it and yeah be like you know that's enough African uh, <laughs> child soldier for me today I, you know I'm gonna watch Kimmy Schmidt like you know like that's probably like sort of dilutes the impact I don't know I'm just an old man complaining no 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 I I I think it's, it's an interesting choice for their first one of these. Right. Right. I am um I'm thinking about a lot of things now. Oh. I know. Uh oh. Um Whoa. Well, it, this this talk about things being brutal made me think of the leftovers because that's something that oh. gets talked about so much. It's so that. good. It's it well, it's it's certainly much better this season. Um and then also like But, but. I have to. I'm. Th- I'm thinking. No, no, go ahead. God damn you. <laughs> um. I have to watch this this documentary about the really big rape case in India later today. Um. India's daughter. I was telling you. Yeah. About yeah, it. yeah. 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 Um. And I guess I'm just. I mean, there's something interesting I think about the difference between a television show that is going to go for these themes and or or, or these or even just these stories and a movie that does it. Because in a movie, in the platonic um, ideal mm-hmm. of watching one, you're locked in a room with it and then you go into your world. In a TV show, you re-experience it every week or you're watching it for ten hours, like integrated with the rest of your life. Right. Relatedly, I remember. I wrote about this with Game of Thrones many, many moons ago about how my the reason I think Game of Thrones is violent the way it is is because it's for a first world audience. Um, I don't I, I it's hard to prove, obviously, okay. but um, <laughs> well, everything's for a first world audience. It's made in America, oh, right? Well, like, if I it's mean, made in America. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like there isn't violence and horror in movies made in India, for example, sure. or in other places. But my argument was just that maybe the audience, because we are so removed from those experiences most of the time, yeah. we might be more inclined to experience them vicariously. I remember like I knew a um a social worker who would refuse to watch movies like sure, like, like anything we're, we're talking we're, about yeah. because she's like I've I've I deal with enough of that in my in my yeah, job. Yeah, sure, sure. Um so I don't know, I just think it, this is like an interesting But wait, we what do you want to say about the leftovers? I'm talking, there's a TV show we can talk about. There, why are you we so concerned? It. Our reader, our, our listeners do not care. Okay. We also talked about Fargo already. Okay. Geez, <laughs> sorry for saying we should talk about the leftovers. No, no, no. I will. What I'm, but what I'm really trying to say is I think that there's like, 
the human capacity for tragedy is like the thing I'm trying to talk about. Like, and I think The Leftovers is about that. Like it, it both tests your limits as a viewer of that, but then also like the characters in the show are very actively dealing with like, you know, what Damien, uh, what, what Damon Lindelof called uh, emotional apocalypse. That was right. what he was describing it with in his interview with Seppenwall. Right. That like, there's this, like this constant sense of loss and devastation right. that they're trying to deal with. Right. So true. Love the leftovers mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Is I'm sort of just trying to forget about last season though. <laughs> because last season drove me so crazy. But like, wait, it did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, you didn't read my recap then. I didn't. I was too busy writing my own. So um, I don't like David very much. <laughs> um, but it reminds me. Of, I mean, why I love this season. Like everything you're talking about, I agree with. Mm-hmm. But also, just it reminds me of Lost. And like Lost is the best TV show. And like as I get further away from Lost, I'm like, oh yeah, Lost was like the best TV show of the last 15 years, and like probably won't be beat. And like I know that is a silly statement, mm-hmm. but it's also like totally true. I mean, Mad Men is the other to me like candidate, but Lost did something that like you just you can only do in a television show. The cliffhangers. No, not just that. Like the world. The, the world. spinning of the mystery, you mean? No, the world. Like you the- can build this huge world. Like, uh, and so even though it did lots of shit that was like super bad, which like The Leftovers also does, where mm-hmm. you're like, no, don't follow this thread. Like this is yeah. interesting. Or like you're just going to like double back on yourself. Or, but I love shows that are about how life is mysterious and we can't answer those questions. Love it. Whereas anytime he writes a movie, it's a disaster because he kind of goes to the same themes and like... What are Linda Love's movies? Well, Prometheus is the one I'm thinking oh, the of. Prometheus. Where Prometheus is basically like a movie in which we find God and we're like, why do you do all this shit to us? And God's like... And then just leaves. You know, because that's the end of Prometheus. You <laughs> he know? made a shrug motion. That was the... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Prometheus, like we find our makers. They're mm-hmm. these aliens who made us. It's like an ancient aliens ship. You know? Wow. And they revive one of the aliens. And like they're hoping... You know, the leader of this expedition is this old man. And he's hoping to like be immortal, basically. Like tell me the secret of like life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You created us. And he's like, you know... and and But then another character who's a religious character is like saying to the creator like you know why did you leave us why did you create us and why did you leave us right what 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 is it with you guys and the alien who is awoken basically just like sort of blows them both aside gets on a spaceship and leaves (laughs) you know he's like i'm awake thanks for waking me up i have no interest in you goodbye leaves and everyone saw this movie which is like a mixed it's not a perfect movie (laughs) by any means and was like what the fuck was like why do I like this is stupid right because it also has like an alien movie layered over it so there's this horror shit you know right. with, like parasites and stuff but like that's what Lindelof's movie that's is peak about peak Lindelof exactly I mean, but like but in I a have... movie you're like good god man like an ending please we right. need an ending right you know? but this is the thing is like I sort of you know I wrote about this a little bit I guess like Lindelof said in, him. in that big interview wish you would rejoin Twitter okay go on sorry in this great interview with Alan Seppenwall. Stop sucking up to Lindelof. In podcast. this great interview. Well, because I was so mad at him and now I realize like, no, it's okay. okay. Like all this forget. And then, yeah, he did this big interview with Alan he Seppenwall. He did this big interview. And, and he talked about, about how season. he was really depressed yes. when he wrote the first season of and The Leftovers. The first season is depressing. Really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I know I know that Lindelof, I, I, Lindelof has a worldview and the worldview is that it's all meaningless suffering. <laughs> 
sure. life is mysterious <laughs> life is and mysterious. pointless and you're but never going to figure out right but you're never going to get them probably not but we will look for them though right, right? you know like that's what i like about it is like right yeah. and but this is the to me i think the first season it sort of skipped the part of people looking and went right to but there's nothing yeah i, the I, mean, second I think it also season, had the problem of like it was adapting a book Mm-hmm. And he wanted to get a lot of the book stuff in. Right. And I never want to read that book now. <laughs> never think, in a million years. So don't read it. <laughs> but I think he's liberated from the book now, which helps. Like, I think the first season, yes. he sat down with Tom Parada and was like, okay, how do we make this book? A yes. Show? Yes. No. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I think that the the reason I, I think the reason I struggle with it really is that I know the depressive worldview. Sure. I don't really want to inhabit it more than I like am already inclined to. Okay. But like there are other things you watch probably that like you're the worst, for example, that illustrate depression in interesting ways. It does. But, but here's the major difference. I would say you're the worst has a depressed character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the entire, like, I mean, the the moral structure of the left. There's that whole first, that short film or whatever at the beginning. It's beautiful. It comes out of nowhere. So the f- the first, the very first scene it's of great. this season of The Leftovers, David so Lindelof. fucking happy about this <laughs> that, complete that, bullshit right now. It was that scene that got me on the train great. and like got me back in. So the can loss, you first describe basically. it to the listeners and then also explain why you liked it so much, please? Okay, it's a scene with a cave woman. Yeah. So by the way, what is that? But anyway, go on. Okay, uh, it's a cave woman in a cave. She's she literally she's pregnant. <laughs> She lives in a cave with other cave people. Then there's an earthquake. She leaves the cave to gather for some reason. I think it's to pee, yo. Yeah, right. That's right. And then there's an earthquake and the cave is caved in. Uh, yes. And so they're dead. Like, I mean, like she's alone, yeah. basically. And we just sort of watch her. She immediately of- goes into labor. <laughs> like, immediately. Then- no. She's like trying to pull the rocks off oh, of yes. the cave wall, well, and she very immediately goes into labor. <laughs> and so she has a baby, and yeah, and so we sort of watch her soldier on and like try to provide for this baby, and like protect it, get some food. You she know, steals steal eggs. eggs. Yeah. Um, and then a snake attacks the baby. It doesn't even. It's just over yeah, the it's baby. Yeah, like, right, right. And so she tries to defend the baby, kill the snake. She does, and it bites oh, her. I just realized that's like a total. Eve, Adam and Eve thing, sure. isn't it? Yeah. There's the fruit from the tree, which is the egg in this case, and then she eats it, and then there's a snake, and then, yeah. Okay, anyway. And then she dies, and she dies on this spot that we now, like, then pan to the present. Right, well, no, no, this. no, wait, hold on, because you missed a part. Dave is not very good at this. Okay. okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, the baby gets picked up, so she gets oh, well, bitten, yeah. right, so she gets bitten by this rattlesnake, or a snake, and she's dying, like, out, and she's, like, staggering, holding yeah. this baby, trying to care for this baby. Yeah. Staggering, dies on this riverbed. The baby is adopted, By the time she does, yeah. and someone else comes and picks up the baby, yeah. yes, and then and can to. And then, the yeah, and then it's, like, this site is now this sort of... Miracle Springs spring, in yeah. Texas that like I mean in the in the universe of the show like this is the one place where no one got raptured right yeah. so it's like perhaps it has some sort of magical property so tell us why you like it well because like like all these great Lindelof things it's like oh yeah you know um you can find meaning in old story yeah, I've been doing this whole time. <laughs> you can find meaning in stories and give that meaning to anything but that's just you. That's just a story that you are ascribing meaning to. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the most important thing. It's right. Like, why are these falls important? Is it because of this? 
Or is that just a thing that happened? Like, like, why doesn't God love us? Like, why did this poor woman have this, like, sad experience? Um, I don't know. Like, because that's, like, the, the inevitable, like, uh, grueling nature of life and, so, like, randomness. But at the same time, it's like, we're showing you this story. Like, so it's loaded with meaning, right? Like, this is opening the season. This is our mission statement. Mm -hmm. So you can ascribe so much meaning to it. But I think that's what The Leftovers and a lot of Lost and a lot of Lindelof stuff is about, where it's, like, um, the ambiguity of, like, should does should this have meaning or not, right? Like, what, and, like, how that goes to all religion, basically. So what interests me about what, interests me about what you're saying is that it, it reveals this incredible bias on the part of Lindelof. He really does not like religion, I think. I guess so, sure. I but think he's, he's so like, interested in it, he's so he's tells so many stories But I think about he's it. so angry at it. Like, Maybe, because he, yeah. he's so suspicious of it, and he's like, all of the mm -hmm. storytelling of it is like so obsessive with it. And to me, it's sort of alienating, just because, I mean, not even alienating. It's I, I find it frustrating, because I'm like, you know, you really have a perspective here that you're not really like i don't agree with you at all though i don't think that that's true well, i don't think well, he's but, angry about religion well i think but i i think the argue I, I think that it is not a like fundamental truth that like it's all meaningless what do you mean i'm not saying it's meaningless i'm saying the whole point of the scene is it's ambiguity it's loaded with meaning mm -hmm. but it's meaning is obscure but that like, like this like life is cruel thing life like, is the... cruel though i mean like isn't that the question behind all religion is like why is this happening why are things not better and religion's like here are a lot of reasons why things happen the way they do mm -hmm. and a lot of reasons that that's okay maybe like some religions that are like look it's okay like your, you know, your human bondage will be like, you know, eventually mm -hmm. you move on to another thing. Like this is where you put your work in. And then like, you, you know, there's some religions that have that kind of payoff. Mm -hmm. Then there are other religions that are like, we understand that you're confused. We're also confused. Mm -hmm. But like, let's try to make sense of this together. Right. You know, or, or there are some religions that are like, um, you know, we're always going to be on this world. But like we can have better lives or we can have worse lives based on how we behave and things like that. Right. Like, religion is about dealing with uh, the randomness and cruelty of life, partly. I mean, it's about other things, too, like controlling people's behavior. But, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's more of the political side of religion, not the, you know, philosophical side. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I did, like, and his Prometheus hero is religious. And I do feel like that's him more than anyone. Like, the main character who's, like like wants to believe and has like this devout belief and when they discover these aliens like everyone's saying to her like aren't you gonna fucking throw your catholic cross away like you're not we just found god and she's like that doesn't mean like just because this thing exists doesn't mean something else didn't make him you know did you ever read the brothers karamazov i did years and years ago yes for in college so so you know the grand inquisitor story <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i feel like lindelof sort of sees himself as the grand inquisitor sure. right but there is, but it's funny because the point of that story is asking the question is flawed, right? Like that is the sure. whole like right. the grand the grand inquisitor story in the brothers Karamazov is like I mean the brothers Karamazov is so long and there's a lot going on and there's these three different brothers and they have all these different opinions about religion. But um, basically, one of the brothers hears the story that is a, a story like it's like layers of where the story comes from about a um, a man who experiences like god coming right. to earth and asks him like why these things happen the way they do and 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 like is so angry with him like it's right. angry with god right. 
for creating this world the way that he has created it because this is a very judeo-christian like worldview well it's tolstoy wrestling with his christianity tolstoy like the ultimate tortured christian right and and the i believe the grand inquisitor's response is dostoevsky what am i talking about not tolstoy uh yeah sorry sorry. we're but tolstoy is the ultimate tortured christian you know i think i messed that up in the review too when i mentioned it i said tolstoy and i've got it yeah whatever but yeah dostoevsky also very tortured um that's that's good yeah i believe you now that you have read it Anyway, carry on with the Grand Inquisitor. Well, and I believe that the I believe that God's response is just to like bless him right. or like to kiss him on the brow or something like. Yeah. And 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 I think that to me I think the reason that I find that I find this anger like but it's not just angry, but go on, sorry. Sorry, it's sorry. It's interesting and it's and it's it's so it's so fundamental and human and it's also like i feel like there's just always something i feel like i just i i'm i'm like but you know that we it's not that religion's never addressed your anger i guess is what i'm trying to say like it's not that religion has never spoken to like the 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 grand the the grand inquisitor and this that we we have like there's like we we've done this we have lots and lots of literature on the human experience we have oh, lots sure. and lots of discussion of it right. and i i don't know i i think that's one of the reasons why I, I just find myself like a little again it's not like i fucking know life is suffering obviously like this sure. is all this like really terrible shit that we watch like it's really, you know, when we talk about, we're talking about these other things that happen. You are so skeptical right I'm now. I'm not skeptical. It's just very, it's obviously very personal. The show, like, does something, like, that really, like, puts you in a bad headspace. It's very clear, right? I want to just, like, talk through something, okay? Go and ahead, you can just, go like, ahead. fucking let me. I was okay. looking at you. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just look away. Well, we talk about all of these horrible things that happen, right? Like, in the in the room. Like, the room and the so the India's rape why daughter thing. Why would someone thing. do this? Right. You know, right. You why, would anyone why would someone any do of these things and and i think that to some degree like i i feel that right. and then i and and i think the leftovers and, and and other and other things like it like really are interrogating that and that is so both so incredible and so difficult i mean i yeah. think this is what yeah. i'm trying to say it's yeah. like it's it's difficult because on one hand you want to say like oh like maybe this is like Maybe there's something like unhealthy about being this despairing all the time. Sure. Like, but on the other hand, it's like maybe that's actually the only reasonable response. Maybe to, right. right. But I mean, like, but the leftovers does have a bit of like people coming out of it, right? Like, a first season struggle with this more, like with having like an upswing or any kind of emotional progress mm-hmm. being made. It had a little bit, mm-hmm. and the episodes we liked, especially like the Carrie Coon episode. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what was it? Was it called Home? Guest. Guest. Right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Home is that X-Files episode, yeah. Um, But then also, you know, but, like, I think this season maybe will have... It does seem to have a little more of, like, an idea of, like, progress to it. Maybe. And it has a stronger sense of the the story. It uh, does. Of the the parable of the story, as it were. It also has one story to tell, not, like, a bunch of characters in a town that are having a lot of interesting things happen to them. As soon as he woke up on that riverbed, I was like, I was like, I'm in. Like, the end of the second episode, where that was... It was a very exciting... Yeah. Um... And it's it's been really interesting to be excited in it, especially because we have now seen 
the same day or two told yeah. by like a few which different the, characters. Which The Walking Dead is also doing right now, which is funny. It's, going, it's sorry, sort go. of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's really nice too. No, no it, I mean, yeah, And it it's is. the type of thing like to go back to what you're saying before, TV can do that because it can do yes, multiple totally. installments. Live in so world. I mean, then Lost would do that all the time where yeah. it's like... Oh, I remember that. You know, it had yeah. such a huge ensemble so it would be like, okay, so we just saw what happened to those guys on the beach. Now, now let's, let's check see. in with the people in the forest. Like, right. And here's what they did at the same time. And, like, sometimes, of course, Lost would disappear into itself and have trouble, you know, but also yeah. Lost has all the same things. Yeah. Where it's, like, I mean, its main character is basically, like, screaming at a cruel god, you know, in the, in the you know, in the form of his father, usually, which is, you know, like, I love Lost. I want to rewatch it. I'm trying to get Joanna to watch it with me, and she's just like, no. <laughs> She's like, I heard about that show. I don't want to watch that fucking show. I have to watch Lost. I always said I would watch it once it was over. But then Alias hurt me so much. So then I was like. I would say that Lost is better than Alias in terms of how it deals with all that. But not like certainly not perfect. Like it makes a lot of the same mistakes, just not as badly as Alias. I loved Alias so much. Me too. But like Alias didn't know what to do. You know what's a funny and Lost interesting... Lost gives you an answer, kind mm-hmm. of. Like, it gives you an ending, but then you're just like, you know, the end of, it's frustrating. Yeah. Alias was just kind of like, ah, I know we talked a lot about the Rambaldi <laughs> stuff, but like, I just, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know, ABC's on our ass and we, we well, really got to give you some action, you know. They did. The finale is like this huge event, right? But like, it's kind of like the X-Files finale where they're like suddenly like okay 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 all right all right sorry sorry like you know they like break open a box and they're like here's the answer sorry all right let's get through this really fast you know i mean like the lindelof i remember the first podcast i ever listened to was the lost writers podcast Mm -hmm. like back when i listened to it on my ipod remember that wow because i didn't have a phone that didn't exist yet do they still sell ipods no they're finally phased out wow i know it's very sad tablet so you could do the tablet i guess okay anyway anyway um and I used to listen to the Ross, Lost Writers podcast, which was so good and so, like, the acts, like, they were very candid, I mm-hmm. think, because, like, not a lot right. of people were listening. Right, was, right. You know. Yeah. And they used to have this joke, like, in case we get canceled, we wrote an episode where it's just, like, there's a monkey in a chair and he swivels around and he's wearing a suit and smoking a pipe and he's just, like, I will now explain to you everything. Like, that ha- <laughs> like here's the answers. Like, you know, like, that they had this, like, break glass in case of emergency episode. Wow. But they were probably just kidding. They were probably just kidding. Yep. I I don't... It is. It's aggravating. I mean, and you're right. There's clearly some, like, personal thing that gets set off with me and The Leftovers. I mean, I one of the things I... Uh, I, I was talking about this with someone this and I was... This is funny because you're lying down on a couch right now. It's becoming very, like, therapist oh, no. Like, very old-fashioned oh, no. Freudy. Oh, no. Yes. We were talking about Freud before, we too. Um, Gary? No, I, I'm, I I have to sometimes think about things for a minute, David. There was something about the leftover. There was another show. If, anyway, go on. Well, I mean, it's just it's. Uh, well, anyway, the, what was the other show? I can't remember. I was trying to think of like, the, isn't there another show right now about depression? Well, you're you were you would talk about you're the worst, yeah, yeah, which is great. But that's just great, right? We can e- just agree. We can just agree on how great that is. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, Todd predicted that this season the, I, i'm still i like don't know how he did this but he predicted that halfway through the season it was going to go from like do, 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 gretchen and jimmy right. are living together to gretchen's gonna be su- like now we have to deal with gretchen being really depressed and it totally did not look like he was going to be right like because there was this phone yeah. and like this whole weird yeah. like 
and then no, all of a sudden at the end of, and it was like bang like well, he what, yeah what i like about it is not only that it's here we go we're dealing it's a comedy and we're dealing with someone's depression mm-hmm. in an interesting way like bojack did that you know mm-hmm. like it's, like, yes. it's not it's not an unheard of thing it's just very good yeah and i like the way they're doing it but i what i am more interested in almost is like not only is it about gretchen being Oh, it's about uh, Jimmy dealing Ill. with, it's yeah. It's about his complete inability to deal with right. it, which is a really common thing. Yeah. Where he's like, um, oh, dear. <laughs> um, but you're okay, right? <laughs> like, just be okay. Happy. Like, it's all right. We're good. Like, what are you worried about? He even and says he'll fix it at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and I think that is interesting. Yeah. Um, to, I mean, like... Well, and the whole thing with the mouse, like he's looking for this mouse and he like cannot even put together that maybe the thing that's bothering him is like not the mouse. Well, but <laughs> like, also like, is there a show that has a better grasp of its characters? Like that's exactly the kind of thing that would drive Jimmy crazy. We know this already. Right. We know this about him. He's... Wait, depression of the mouse. Control freak, the mouse. The mouse, okay. You know, like it's a perfect... He's a control it's freak, It's a perfect right. animus for his... Right, right, right. Larger, right. like... Uh, it's a literal control. animus. So good. Boom. You're the worst is the best. You're show. the worst. It's a really good show. I'm really invested in Lindsay. I really hope they don't season. blow it. You know, this <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like You're the Worst is now a show that I love so much that I'm like, this show better not get bad or like even have a bad concluding episode because I like every week I'm just like, This is great, this is great, fingers crossed. Like, you know. And I'm very invested in Lindsay too, yes. I have a question. Go ahead. How many shows actually end well? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Some, some shows end good, well. Good, good answer. Right? I don't know. I, you want a list? Like, uh, The Wire ends really well. Uh, the wi- Ooh, that's interesting. I feel like, don't people really hate the fifth season? Fifth one? season's bad. The last episode's good. Oh, But yeah, okay. good point. Sure. Fifth okay. season's not as good. I, I like the fifth season, but that's like the this whole season. other thing. I mean, I don't hate it. It's still watchable. It's still fine. It does a lot of interesting things. I, was, I just think it has the David Simon ranting to camera oh, it's very, Oh, it's very ranty. Yeah. It was, don't for like whatever it. reason, it was the first season of The Wire I saw. Um, because I was watching with a friend who had watched already and I was like, I'll join in for the fifth season of this show. Um, and I was like completely hooked and really invested in like the ranting about journalism because it seemed like relevant to my interest. Not that I knew anything about journalism at the time. I really don't like it. No, but that's okay. So, so the wire, like obviously, you know, the Sopranos, um, the Deadwood, Deadwood doesn't really end. Lost is a very controversial ending. It does. I would, I still would call the ending of Lost emotionally satisfying for Mm -hmm. the most part, although it does a few things that drive me crazy. Six Feet Under, fantastic ending. Maybe that show, that show was was dead in the water. Like oh, it got very, very bad. They clearly that ending was something they yeah had from the start. that, that show is bad for two and a half seasons before the ending yeah. kind of you know like it certainly is modeled people were really attached yeah, to it yeah we never talk about 1600 anymore it didn't you know right it hasn't quite had the same impact our legacy even. i guess so i think it's i actually think that like it did so many great things like i think that the fact that it talked about death the way that it did in our yeah. current culture like the whatever freddie whatever his name is the the mortician then and his um Freddie Rodriguez. Freddie Rodriguez and Rico. Rico and the um, 
the woman who like the the fact that some of these these corpses like return and like have to be it's, they all it, return it's every episode no 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 but like no 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 I know but the um remember the the one with the woman who stands up in the limo and she like her yes, head gets do, yeah. and then like that cu- keeps coming back like because his work on that becomes like this thing that like he like brings it to the mortician conference Chapel, or something yeah. right, right right yeah it's it's a uh, it's interesting. Anyway, um, what well, other shows? shows? With good Do sitcoms end well? Like they can. I mean, Mary Tyler Morin's really nice. That was a little while ago. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of good sitcoms. Uh, Cheers has a great ending. Okay. I like Friends the ending of Cheers. Doesn't. Friends is a bad. Ending. Friends not a good ending. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, Friends is a bad. Ending. The for last season of Friends is Frasier is love a the ending of good for yeah. I, some people I think were a little miffed about it at the time. About the Laura Linney character. Yeah. Because she is a bit of a Mary Sue. But, like, I think the ending of Frasier is great. I think the last episode's great. It, they quote Tennyson a bunch. It's just, I mean, I think if you like Frasier, like, it's just a great, you know, you're like, it's very, salute I mean, Frasier, you know, like, uh, uh, Seinfeld obviously has this horrible ending that is not good and, like, does, don't yeah. tell me it's good. Like, don't no. give me your contrary take on that it's good. It's not good. It, it's so, Although it is interesting. It's so, it is interesting. It's It's so antithetical to everything the show was i agree i don't know i don't like it's that too line. obvious yeah basically <sighs> that's my problem with seinfeld's ending uh what's <sighs> a good what's a comedy like i don't know rest of development had a decent ending and then they wrote a fourth season it had an okay ending but I it like never really seemed fine. like it was ending yeah but it has that end, you know when they go yeah. off on the boat like they try to bring it full circle it's not the greatest thing in the world yeah but like you sympathize with their uh you know with their uh, lack of uh, resources at that point it's just hard it's hard to do stick the ending stick the landing yeah definitely buffy has an okay ending but it's okay but it ends a few times what do you mean because at the end of the fifth season they thought it was going to end no they didn't they did not i was told this so many times who told you this well i was in the rewatch and i would live tweet i live tweeted the ending and they said that at the end of the fifth season one of the reasons that she goes into the thing is because they thought that she wasn't going to come back that is not true. That okay. is like, that's like a total, that's nonsense. Like, the w, I think there was some conflict over like the WB might not want to do this show anymore. And there were all these fights over like licensing fees and like, I've, you know, like budgets. And, and it switched networks. And well, that's the thing though. But like no one ever thought, I think, you know, UPN was like, we'll take it. You know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, I don't think anyone ever thought that the show was just not going to air anymore. David, we never eat the cheese. And we will. I, I, don't worry. Okay. I, I have my hand at the whole time. <laughs> okay, right. um, we should, yeah, I guess we should eat. We should probably eat more it than now. An hour. And, yes. Um, but, you know, Angel is the one that ends abruptly. But that's a good ending. I like that ending. But it does have that, uh, you know, uh, that that the WB actually screwed that one over. Hi. I have to put the mic down so I can eat cheese. What do you think about the ending, which some people just No, I don't like it. Yeah. I like the ending of Battlestar Galactica. Um, I just, I was really, uh, the whole final thing thing was just a really upsetting, yeah. We, the guys, we have to hope, open the cheese. Hold on. Okay. No, it's fine. Okay, you got it? Yeah, okay. just talk. So this is a truffle Gouda that I bought at Whole Foods um, just because I was like, I need the cheese. It's stinky. Well, it's because it, uh, it's been out for a little bit, but it should be okay, no, I think. Um, and I literally bought it because i was like i need cheese um yeah we might well i'll just borrow I'll plastic a, wrap yeah. from you yeah okay um and then um and then we were gonna do the podcast and i was like i have the perfect cheese for the podcast um you like a good you like a gouda i like a gouda yeah okay 
Okay. There's not a lot of cheeses I actively dislike. I couldn't really think of one off the top. There's a cheese emoji now. Yeah, there is. Which is like, this is like a big moment in night cheese history. Well, it's because the emojis, I don't like it. The emojis are becoming westernized, you know? It's so you can really feel it. It's good. Wow. Great cheese. Wow. It's got truffles. It's a wow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of flavor. Whoa. I like it. I think it's good that it's soft. It's like... Wow. <laughs> it, like, keeps going. <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, the best way I can describe it. It's so a good review. It keeps changing. It's a good review. <laughs> Five cheeses. Five cheeses. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, the, ja- the emojis were all Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, they don't, they don't give a shit about cheese, so there's no cheese. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit about tacos or burritos and all the other things that we added. And, um, you know, I mean, it's good, mm-hmm. obviously, to... Well, maybe have some diversity to your emojis and things like that. You know, obviously the fact that you can send more than one skin tone. That was a, that was a, a good one. An essential update. But, um, well, but I also think they're just kind of making them more global. Like now there's yeah, all these no, flags. I, yeah. Well, like the flags I love. Cause, uh, when I was a kid, I really loved flags and could like name all the flags. So it's just great to see all these. Flags. Can you still name all the flags? Because yeah. I cannot. Oh boy. I, you know, those like, you know, that website Sporkle. Yeah. 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 Is that how you pronounce it? I think so, probably. Um, you can do a thing where it's literally like, here's every flag of every country, and it'll just flash up, and you just have to write the name. Wow. And I can do, I can usually name about 150 out of 180. There are some, Africa really trips me up because there's a lot of countries and yeah. a lot of similar flags. Yeah. Um, so, because I feel like there was just this wave of like people, ado- you know, countries adopting flags. Yeah. And there's just a lot of repeating motifs, and so you're just like, Oh my god, like which one has this particular like seal in the middle or you know, but I'm pretty good on flags. I had to learn all of the locations of the countries and I used I can Sparkle do that to do that. Yeah. Well, again. I was a real I mean it's a it's a real like like little kid nerd thing to do, I think, like maps, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, state capitals I was like really into. Gotcha. Yeah. I did a lot of that. Um Missouri. Uh, Jefferson City. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's the hardest one. <laughs> I feel like that's. I feel like that's the one no one remembers because um, it's so kind of. Um, uh, uh, Washington, Olympia. Oh, nice. Of course. Okay. <laughs> great, great name. It is a good name. Good name. It's a good name. Isn't someone in the? I think in the Harry Potter books is named. Olymp Maxine. Olympi Maxine. Olympi, Olymp Maxine. Right. Yes. Yes. Madame Maxine. The subtle. Good character. Huh? Weird character. A giant who didn't want to admit she was a giant. Yeah. Or a half giant who didn't want to admit she was a half giant. I suppose she's supposed to be half giant. And Hagrid was sort of into her for that reason. More than sort of, man. They're uh... Were they a couple? Well, yeah, they go fucking giant spelunking basically in the last couple of books. Spelunking? It was a joke. But, you know, giant remember like they're the envoys sent by Dumbledore to the giants. I think in the last book. Oh, I just remember in like the fourth or fifth, fourth book, she like is really offended book. that he brings it in up. In the fourth book where she's introduced, yeah, he thinks like... Yes. That she would be like up front Into about it, it and she's like not. Nah, and she's like, I'm not a giant, I have big bones. <laughs> and she's like like eight feet tall or whatever, so obviously <laughs> it's like a bizarre thing to say. But anyway, I remember Wouldn't that. it be interesting if we lived in a world where like Shaq was thought to be like part giant or something? He's, he is, right? That's crazy. He's so How big. How tall are Shaq's parents? I don't know. That's a good question. I he's going to, he's Googling I it. don't know that I, that Google will answer this question. You don't think me. that Google knows? But, I mean, Shaq, even in the world of basketball, was a freak of nature. Like, um, how tall is Tom Cruise is the first? 5'7". 5'2". 5'7". 
so fine. I mean, that's, I think that might be his uh, uh, listed height. Oh, we also have a reader question. Oh, yeah, sure. His mother is 6'2". Which is very tall. And I don't know. His dad is a uh, 6'6". Six, six. So they're tall. And but they made what? a 7'1". Seven, 7'1". One, seven, one. Yeah. You know, 300 pound guy who was also like mobile. Like you know, <laughs> who could also walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just that he was tall. It was that he was like surprisingly spry so, in his younger days. Uh, so I, I guess my question. I mean, this is a such a random question to ask on this podcast. But is Shaq good at basketball yes. and also yep. very tall? Like Sha- it's Shaq, not- Shaq is crazy. Like he's a phenomenon. The likes of which we'll probably never see again. Wow. And the craziest thing about him, because Phil Jackson always used to say, like he should have been MVP every single year. He was only ever MVP once because he was kind of famous for. I mean, he played in the Jordan era for the first half of his career. So Jordan was always the on the Magic, right? He played on the Orlando Magic, and then he went to the Lakers the after Lakers, four years. Yeah. And um, he was famous, especially in the latter half of his career, of like showing up to the start of season out of shape mm-hmm. and like being overweight and kind of like slow and not like fit, and kind of just working himself into shape over the season, and then by the playoffs being kind of like back in form. Wow. And this was something that Kobe Bryant hated. Sure. Because Kobe Bryant's such a maniac and like works out so crazy and is like such right. a you know, a little floor general. Yeah. And like that was one of the many things that they would kind of fight over. But it was kind of just Shaq's thing. He just sort of was like, I wanna fucking like do whatever I want and like yeah. I'm gonna eat lots of junk food and like fuck you and like I'll figure it out. I'm because he's he was so gifted. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He had like the best like footwork of a big man. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, basically the whole thing with Shaq was, like, if you got him the ball in the post, like, near the mm-hmm. hoop, he could score it. Because <laughs> he was just so big mm-hmm. and so athletic. And, like, he called it, like, there was this move he called the Black Tornado where he could just, like, jump out of a crowd basically over anyone right. and just get the ball in the hoop. Right. He was bad at free throws. You know, he yes, had his weaknesses he was bad at free and throws. so on. But, like, yeah, yeah Shaq. Man. One of my favorite things about uh, Fresh Off the Boat is that uh, – Eddie, young Eddie, is like obsessed with Shaq. Of course, as any Orlando teen would have been. I grew up in Tampa, very close. Orlando Magic was like our team, if anything was. And Shaq was like a big deal. (laughs) Of course. He was like, and just like his complete devotion to the Shaq. uh, Love him. And that Shaq was in the the episode in one of the recent episodes. And Jeremy Lin was in the same episode. Did you? He. Yeah, I know. He was the guy. I mean, people know. But like. The, you know, um, yeah, he's the guy who's with Randall Park. Uh, with uh, Oh, my the, God. What's the dad called him? I don't know their names yet. You know that thing where you when you watch a sitcom and you just know the actors? Like, you haven't gotten everyone's names in your brain yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The character yeah. name? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, but who who is he playing in the... Uh, he's in the Shack episode? Yeah, he's in the Shack episode. Because that's Was a, it the Shack episode? Because that's when they go to get a car. No, I know. I'm just trying to remember. It's in one scene. He was in one scene. I can't remember if it was the Shack episode or the following. It might have been the following episode, oh, okay. the dance episode. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because it's, he, they, they cut flash to him in a factory in New Jersey talking to a coworker about something. <laughs> what was it about now? Jesus, I'm I trying to know, remember. I don't know. I don't remember, but I love that they did that. Anyway, that's Jeremy, really Jeremy funny. Lin's the best. Um, but yeah, Shaq was in that episode. What? Where's Jeremy Lin now? Oh, he, Lin Charlotte Station, Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Lin he's going gonna to play for Charlotte this year. Is he? Is he good? Um, I still think Lin's good. I think he 
he's suffered from, you want me to talk about Jeremy Lin for two minutes? Because we're almost done anyway, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he played on the Knicks, and the Knicks wouldn't match his offer sheet, so he went to Houston. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like billed as a star in Houston, but then very quickly they made this trade for James Harden, who's like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And Harden became like the face of the team. And Harden and Lynn do kind of the same thing. Mm. So they played alongside each other. It's not like they had a bat, but like Lynn's whole thing is like he can run pick and roll and get to the hoop. And like that's what Harden does. And like it just, they never really made sense together. Okay. So he was on the Lakers last year and the Lakers were god awful. And... Uh, you know, I mean, that was just a, that's the worst situation anyone could have been in. So it's kind of hard to judge that season. So, you know, this year he's a free agent. He signed with Charlotte. Like, I think they can, I think they should play him at shooting guard guys. <laughs> like, Charlotte has a point guard, Campbell Walker. They should just play Lynn at shooting guard. They don't have a good two. Like Lynn played shooting guard for Harvard in college. Like he can do it. Like just, that's my, that's, those are my two cents. Numerous words were said. <laughs> okay i'm so happy for jeremy and i hope he does well in charlotte i i hope he does too um just for asian americans sake um so um i think we're probably done yeah no, we we like talked about like yeah about like nothing really that's not true what a great episode we We talked about the leftovers we talked about you're the worst we talked about fargo we We talked talked about about horror and sad things and whatever is everyone enjoying this uh us recapping right now um also um if you want to hear us both on talking about star wars yep, um you can listen tomorrow. that drop yes it drops tomorrow so yeah, which is probably going to be today for today. you guys <laughs> once once we get this i'll figure it out um so that'll be it's kind of like a double dose of night cheese and we talk a lot about how uh griffin is the uh third third party third wheel other woman other woman in the night cheese yeah scenario Oh, and just to answer our fan question, yeah, the Good Wife's pretty good this year. Oh I yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, Brock. Brock. Brock I'm Brock sorry. Was, yeah, um, that. we had okay. we had literally exactly one question, and it was about Good Wife this season. Yeah, I um, I like seeing Eli in a like expanded role. That's like primarily. I'm it. enjoying the Eli thing. I'm not More convinced. More importantly, putting yeah. Eli against Peter. Oh, it's, it's just a move they probably should have made years ago. Because, yeah, like the whole problem with Eli was that he always had to be the stupid bearer of like Peter news. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was often Eli. Uh, Eli versus Alicia, which is often also fun a lot of the time. Yeah, but they love each or other. Or Eli versus Jackie, or yeah. But Eli versus Jackie, I think, is something the show thought was more fun than it was. Like, not that it's not fun, but the show started to be like, uh oh, Eli versus Jackie. Well, yeah. yeah. And you're like, I think well, they're... Eli's just going to slap Jackie down because she's being annoying. Right? Well, and yeah. she's like hallucinating bugs uh, or something now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I forgot about that. I'm still kind of worried about the show, but like. I guess I'm not just because last season bummed me out so much that, like, it can't hurt me as Uh, much, if that makes sense. Like, it already kind of pissed me off so much last season that I'm like, like, hey, good job, guys. You're not doing a bunch of really annoying stuff. Yeah. Last season I had the Logan stuff. I mean, not Logan. Logan's run! Carrie, Carrie. Oh, (laughs) Carrie. Logan. <laughs> He's Logan on Gilmore Girls. Oh, that's so cute. Um, the Carrie yeah. stuff. Oh, Gilmore Girls is coming back. Oh. Oh, oh. oh whatever. So, you would love it. I'm so excited. Dude, there's no show on TV in the history of TV that's better about your fucking mom driving you crazy. Like, how would you not love this show? <laughs> that is what Gilmore Girls is. Wow, she's... Just making some faces. I don't. I just don't want to. I just don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I don't get it because there's no show that's easier to watch. But whatever. I mean, like, 
But some people really hate Gilmore Girls. You know, yeah, should, I, there's you know. like no conflicts, right? Like the the only thing that what the, there's no, so much conflict in Gilmore Girls. I I believe that I was told this by Melanie, who was also a really big fan of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. That one of the reasons it began to frustrate her by the end is that I th- I think the show had a mandate to not like bad things did not happen outside of relationship drama. Like mm. there were there were no like Stars Hollow is like a bubble. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and it's not you know. I guess so, but like the sh- the whole show is the is Lorelai and her mother. I mean like that's the conflict, right? And Lorelai and her father. Like, and like they had other this, like, conflicts would arise, but they were more minor and like there would be relationshipy things. But like right. the central drama of the show is Lorelai and her mother. Yeah, and like I, I'm not saying I don't appreciate it, but you know you haven't seen it. I've seen a few episodes Come of it. Come on, you gotta watch Gilmore Girls. It's I so want to watch Gilmore Girls. I am interested in this like phenomenon I'm observing of like the fifth seasons of shows being really good because Scandal had a fucking incredible episode this week. Isn't Scandal in its fourth season? I thought Scandal's in its fifth season. Probably is. I don't know. Oh God. Well, if it's in its fourth season, it's a really good fourth season. <laughs> like Friends. You think the fourth season of Friends is really good? Isn't that the one? Yeah. Isn't that the one that's like the season leading up to Monica and Chandler getting together? No, they get... Mm, that's I a good question. I think that is. I think yeah, that they is. Get, yes, it is. They get together at the end of the, the fourth season. The, the end of the fourth season is the British wedding The episode. fourth season is... Nope. Scandal's in its fifth. Sorry. Oh, I don't know okay. Why I no, I'm not insane. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, to my mind, it sort of goes with... Um, it, it goes with the Good Wife, and I feel like the Mad Men had a great fifth season. I feel like Mad Buffy Men has had a good, good fifth, fifth season. season. Gilmore Girls has a good fifth season. I think Buffy has a good I think there's season. like a there's like a fifth season thing there. Uh, Twenty Four is a famous example. Obviously, won the Emmy for its fifth season. Right. Um, there's another obvious. ER has a ah, no. ER's fifth season is mixed. That's the last George Clooney season. The West Wing does not have a good fifth season. It actually has a very bad fifth season. The worst yes. Season of the West Wing. Yeah. People are doing crazy things outside that door. They are, but also like Sorkin shows like run a different metric. I feel well, the fifth season, the one without Sorkin though. So, right, but I mean, like, just that also, like, I feel like you'd probably say the second season of a Sorkin show is going to be like the. Oh no, I'm sorry, the first season because he he has his all in its head and it like comes out and he's like, yeah, yeah. I think the first season of The West Wing is the best season, but we've the talked about this. Also great. Yeah, like, I think you could make it. You could argue either of those, and I'd be. Yeah, I'd say that you were a okay. The fifth season of Gilmore Girls, though, is is the fifth best season of Gilmore Girls. What's so. the what? What is the other? Like, not fifth that it's season? bad. It's good. Is Bob's Burgers in its fifth season? Maybe I that's why seasons I was... are a little weird with Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it's been so like sort of right because it like, had a really big one of their seasons. The yeah. Years. Anyway, okay, so this has been a podcast, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, guess. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening, of course, and um, uh, we will be more awake maybe next time. I'm awake. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.